God, I wish I would have known to ask these questions. Because when you're buying a franchise, there's things you know, and then there's things you you know you don't know, right? And so this was something that she didn't even think about. Uh, they did a wonderful job marketing and bringing people in, but what she didn't know how to do was how to convert that customer. Are you a woman who's considered investing in a franchise or running one yourself? Are you searching for honest information to help you make the best decision for your future? Have you ever worried about whether the information you're finding has your best interests in mind? We're here to help. Welcome to Franchise Rising. I'm your host, Aaron Carpenter. Let's get going. Welcome to the Franchise Rising podcast. This is the show where experts, franchisees, and franchisors share stories, strategies, and expert advice for women who want to join or invest in a franchise. The information on this show is not intended as an offer to sell or the solicitation of an offer to buy a franchise and is for information purposes only. If you've been listening and enjoy the show, we'd love it if you spread the word. Tell a friend, subscribe, share it on social media, pretty much everywhere at Franchise Rising. And don't hesitate to give us feedback about guests we can bring on and how we can make the show better. You can do all of this by visiting FranchiseRising.com and dropping a note in the chat pane. What happens when you become a franchisee and discover that the system is not as dialed in as expected, and that's affecting your revenue? Well, you are ultimately responsible for the success or failure of a business, One thing's for certain, if you don't have sales coming in, survival, let alone profitability, will be a challenge. In this episode, Violet Rainwater talks about how critical sales processes and systems are to a business and what happens when they're not properly equipped with them. We cover an experience she encountered with a client who joined a brand with tremendous marketing, but that lacked this sales operational piece. We also cover what questions to ask a brand before buying in, in order to mitigate your risks from a sales process perspective. If you're interested in hearing more, sit back and enjoy the show. So today we have a new guest, uh, a good friend of mine, a brilliant woman when it comes to the art of sales. Her name is Violet Rainwater. So Violet is a sales strategist and the founder of Rainmaker Way. How's that for a name, by the way? (laughs) Her... (laughs) Her proprietary sales model, connection-based selling, is revolutionizing the game of sales and the outdated sales practices that no longer work in today's marketplace. She is here to talk about some of the best practices for driving sales and questions that are important to ask during the evaluation process before you're looking to join or buy a franchise. So the reason I brought Violet on is there are things that you should be thinking about before you buy a franchise. And one of the common things that's come up through all of our episodes is doing your due diligence, doing your homework regarding franchises. And so we're bringing Violet to look a step, Violet onto the show to look a step forward into what it's, what you should be thinking about, what a brand should be doing from a sales process perspective. And and Violet, I probably butchered that right now, but (laughs) maybe the better way to do it is just to hand it over to you and start with the example that you shared with me in the past about um, the particular yoga studio that didn't have it all dialed in. 
Yeah. Yeah. No, I would love to. Uh, yeah. So thank you for having me, Erin. It's so nice to be uh, on your show. But I had a customer. This was actually a franchisee. And although I do work with both, in this situation, the franchisee brought me on to help drive sales. So they had been a owner of, and this was a very well-known brand. So brand awareness was there and they did a great job on the marketing side. And they, uh, this client had been an owner of this studio for a year. And this was a membership model. And in order for her to even break even, they had to be at at least a 250 membership rate. And they just weren't there. They got to about 150 and they, so they needed to have 250 members in order for her to even break even with all her overhead on a monthly basis. And so in one year, she was able with all their marketing efforts, she was able to bring in about 150 members. So these members were paying on a monthly basis in order to have access to this yoga studio. And she really needed to drive those results, like nothing she was doing. She had reached her bandwidth. She couldn't do any more. And so she brought me in to see if there's anything I can do to help her get to 300 members. And so when I lifted the hood, what I realized was there were so many pieces that were missing. And it was after working with her that she made a comment and she shared with me, God, I wish I would have known to ask these questions. Because when you're buying a franchise, there's things you know, and then there's things you you know you don't know, right? And so this was something that she didn't even think about. Uh, they did a wonderful job marketing and bringing people in, but what she didn't know how to do was how to convert that customer. They came in for a free week, and how do you take that customer and com- or prospect and convert them? What is the conversion process, and how can we streamline it so that it's it's not it's not taking up so much time? Because as a business owner, you know you have to wear so many different hats. And so what we realized is there really wasn't any sales processes or sales systems that the franchisor brought in. That was really up to the franchisee to figure out on their own. And so her response to me was, I wish I would have known to ask these questions. Now that I know what I didn't know then, I know that it would have been so much more helpful to have these pieces in place when I first started, uh, when the doors opened a year prior. Wow. Isn't that amazing? I mean, here... You're so excited about buying a franchise, owning your own business. The franchise says, "Oh yeah, we've got a whole system and 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 process and plan in place to help to help." Now, even though you are ultimately responsible for running and right. owning and operating your business, and and the franchisor, you know, should be really specific about that. They do. There are going to be marketing processes that they are in place. So what I hear is this brand had a lot of the marketing and branding dialed in. Yep, and it was fantastic. Yep. And yet they did a wonderful job bringing people in, but then what, right? (laughs) Then what? That wasn't enough. And in many cases, brands probably do have the then what dialed in, but when they're not, when they don't, that's a key component to actually driving revenue in that unit. Well, I mean, there's truly nothing more important as a business owner. You want to get to that ROI as quickly as possible, right? And sales is the driving force of every organization. And so I see this both in the franchise and not in the franchise space. I see this all over, companies of all sizes. And think of like sales as a puzzle. There's all these different pieces. Every organization has all these different pieces between sales systems and processes. And what I like to do is I like to come in and really take all those pieces apart and then just put them back together in a way that flows. 
closed. Because that's what I find. I find that most companies have pieces that are missing. And so if you are buying a franchise, it's really good to go in and have a good level of awareness of what the sales process looks like. So there's questions that you want to ask about the sales systems, and there's questions you want to ask about the sales process. And if they're not there, if they're not in place, that doesn't mean that that's not necessarily a good match for you. It's just understand that perhaps you're going to need to put a little bit more money aside to create those or time in order to create those processes and systems. And it's always evolving. You always want to put effort and time and resources and money towards upgrading your sales systems, because when you do, that's going to drive the amount of revenue and sales you're going to bring in. And that's good for everyone, right? I mean, isn't that right. the goal of business? Yeah. yeah. And, uh, I mean, it's for profit. Yeah. And so this client of yours and uh, said she wished she had known to ask those questions. And you just said you want to ask those questions. Can you give us specific examples of what questions to ask for about these sales Absolutely. processes? Absolutely. Yeah. So when you go into an organization, the first thing you want to look at are what are the current sales systems? So when I talk about sales systems, there's three different things that I'm really looking at. The first is lead sources. So in this case, they had various marketing campaigns that brought in people for a free week, right? And then eventually, as they brought people in, they had some that converted and became clients, but they had some that came once or maybe came a few times during the week and never came back again. But Mm. those people are still in the system. So those are still lead sources that are available to them. Another, Another sales system are CRMs. Or, or a way to manage not just the client base, but the, pros- the prospect base. Are you able to enter prospect data and work those that book of business in a way that's beneficial? Because in this situation, there were no touch points within the CRM. There were no uh, she didn't learn how to run reports in order to call people that perhaps gave it a try and didn't come back in. Or maybe they gave us a try, they were a member for a little while, but then they, they, they left. So creating workflows for each of those is so important. Those are A prospects, B prospects, C prospects. Some are going to be ready to go right away and some aren't, but that doesn't mean you want to stop calling them. And so those are the systems you want to have in place to help you create those processes in order for you to have a repeatable conversion process. So some of these questions are, you know, what is the CRM that you're using and how much training do you give me on teaching me how to use the CRM and running those reports and working my book of those prospects. So maybe they're not ready to go forward today, but they will be six months from now. And then essentially who is part of the sales process? You know, is it, is it just the owner? Is there a sales team? Is there a sales force? So really understanding the sales process and asking questions that really help create an, a picture in your mind of how seamless that process is and the pieces that are in place to help you with that. On the sales process side, you want to ask them, you know, what is your strategy? What are some sales campaigns that you have that might be going out seasonal? So perhaps in the summer, they might be running a marketing campaign to get people in uh, to, you know, maybe they have a, a, a special that they're running. Well, they want to have those sales strategy in place that matches that marketing campaign. So now we know maybe we're going to be looking to bring in 
students that are home for the summer. Well, we want to make sure that you have the tools and you have word tracks. Word tracks are really important. That's going to work for this audience. So not all audiences, the same word tracks are going to work for them. So do they provide you scripts? Do they role play with you? Essentially, you want to know that they're helping you create those touch points. So you're not missing even one opportunity to convert business. And this allows you then to just create like this well-oiled machine. You know exactly what needs to be done when people are interested. And if it's not somebody that's interested to convert today, then you know where to put them and how to reach out and how to continue nurturing that relationship for conversion down the road. So those are all questions to ask in order to understand, you know, how developed are their sales systems and sales processes? And again, if they're not, then just spend a little time and perhaps money on refining those and making sure that they're working for you so you have complete flow within the process. Yeah. And so, and that was my next question. So what if you get a blank answer and there's nothing there? Is that a deal breaker or, you know, you know like how sophisticated should you expect their sales systems to be? I mean, exactly, exactly. And I think it depends on the person. You know, if you're somebody that has an extensive sales background, right, and here you are buying a franchise and you are an expert at driving business, great, then spend some time on that sales development. It doesn't have to be a deal breaker. But yet, if you're somebody that has never sold anything and you don't know anything about sales and you don't want to know anything about sales, you know what I mean? If if it's not your cup of tea and there's no guidance from you, well, from the franchisor, well, then I would think you have a lot more to consider. So I think it's really individual. I think the important thing is to walk in eyes open and understand where you're going to need to spend some time and some resources and some money, or perhaps they provide all that for you and it's great. Well, and also keep in mind that it's not necessarily, it may not be you doing the sales. Maybe you, then you're thinking about who you're going to hire, who will be responsible for that. What kind of skill sets do they need to have? Uh, And the person operating that you put in to operate that particular unit, do they have the skills or should they have the skills for those sales? Absolutely. And that's so important because the front end person, like who it is that's going to be talking and touching and interacting with your customer, you want to ask the franchisor, you know, in your experience, what is the best type of uh, mindset or attitude or personality to put at my storefront? Because attitude and mindset is 90% of it. You know, you might have a great product, you might have a great offering, you might have wonderful marketing, but if people are coming in and you have somebody that is working at the front that really does not have an ability to connect with your customers or your prospects where you're going to be missing opportunities to convert. So really understanding the type of skill set and the type of attitude that you need to have in order to convert the prospect is really important. Absolutely. Especially if you're not going to be in the front converting those customers. Yeah. And and I know you're an expert in mindset too. I mean, how do you look for the right kind of person to support you? you We we all know what it's like as customers to walk into a store or a restaurant and have that disgruntled employee. And boy, that really, you know, the disgruntled server or someone who's just having a bad day, but boy, that that puts a sour taste in your mouth about the business. So it really is important to find people on the front lines like that. How do you, how do you identify that when you're looking for people in a, in a sales role? You know, what, in this, you know, I think once you get to that point of, 
of being in the, in the business, but. Exactly. Exactly. Like once you're set up and you're ready to go, I feel the most important thing is how they make you feel in the interview process, right? If there's somebody that's generally excited and has an upbeat personality, it's really energy. What do you get? What is the vibe you get from that person? Because chances are whatever you're feeling, your customers are going to be feeling as well. So if it's somebody that's a little bit more timid and doesn't make good eye contact and you know, you're just not really feeling like you're getting in, then chances are they're probably not going to be the best to put on the front end. Maybe they can be a better suited for another position, but you really want somebody that has high energy and excitement and enthusiasm because if they're not excited about the product that you're, you're offering, then the prospect and customers aren't going to be excited either. So you really want somebody that has that energy level that they're going to just be spreading sunshine. A perfect example, I walked into a coffee shop last week and there was a young woman in there. It was like six in the morning, but she was in such great spirits and so polite. And she took Mm -hmm. care of every need I had. And she was talkative. And this coffee shop's 20 minutes from my house. But I went back again a few days later because of the experience I had with her. And so, and it's this, it's huge, humongous. And I, and when I went back, the owner was there and I made sure to tell her how lucky she was to have this employee because I mean, for a 21 year old girl, you know, we don't, we don't see that a lot with millenniums. This, she stood out from, from the rest. And so that's what I would want. If I was going to bring in somebody to do sales, that is what I would look for. You know, I love that you highlight that Violet, because that's something where, uh, you know, especially us as women, can be really gift are very gifted when we listen to it is listening to our intuition and how things make us feel, and many men ha- have that ability too. It's just something that um, when we really focus on it, it it shows how it can be such an asset. So if you're if you're hiring, you know whatever business decision you're making, if you're if you're starting to pay attention to that that intuition and how something makes you feel, what I hear is that can just pay dividends in the long run. Hiring the right person who's absolutely be, um, you know, reflect really positively on your ultimate business. Yeah, absolutely. Because mm-hmm. one bad customer experience can completely ruin it for you. You know, mm-hmm. so and when you say women intuition, absolutely, I, I feel women are much more connected to that aspect of themselves, and it's just like a muscle. So the more that we try to use our intuition, the more powerful it gets. It's just like, have you ever been in a business situation where just in your gut you knew not to take on a client, or in your gut you knew not to do the partnership, but yet you did it anyway? Yes. And what happens every time? Our gut never lies, and the same. Same thing when hiring employees. When I go into businesses, I often hear uh, business owners telling me, "You know, I really struggled when I brought this person on, but I, but I, you know, I was desperate, and now I'm not sure." And all the, you know, they, they definitely are not well suited for that spot. And they knew they had a gut feeling inside, but yet they went with it anyway. So yes, that women intuition, whether you're getting intuitive hits on whether to move forward on purchasing a franchise or not, or how to hire employees or which customers to work with, all those things, I think tapping into our intuition is huge. And it's something that we women are very gifted with. And so I feel if you're not using it, you're probably working harder than you need to be, (laughs) you know? Yeah. And it sounds like that, that intuitive component. Um, so if we tie it back to making sure we're going to a brand that has some sort of sales process and have some sales systems yes. 
place. So that's step one. But then also knowing that regardless of the sales system, how can we layer in, you know, the the, the softer elements of it, right? Because the systems Absolutely. And are maybe a little bit more cut and dry, or they could be, or maybe part of the process is paying attention to their intuition. I don't know, but um, but yeah, just that's I think that's an important the- thing to think about. That it's not just the mechanical. I think the system. Yes, the mechanical is there to enable sales for the sales professional, right? So you have those systems and processes in place so that the salesperson can do what they do best, and that's sell, right? Mm-hmm. So that's why we put those systems in place because I don't care how good you are of a salesperson, and I'm a perfect example. But salespeople are notoriously not very organized. Like the truly good salespeople, they're not organized. So you you need to give them a process that keeps them organized so they don't miss any opportunities. But then that way they don't have to spend time, you know, with each prospect putting in information. You, you really want to have them just focusing on the selling piece. So I, that's what I feel sales systems and processes are there for is to enable sales professionals to essentially make it rain, to, to, to uh, uh, tap into uh, new income streams and revenue streams and, and really maximize the sales efforts that the, of, the, of what's you know, currently going on. Yeah. And after all, you are joining a franchise, making that investment for a reason. One of the, you know, and, and, and many reasons, in, in fact, but you are buying because there are systems and support and branding yeah. you know, and, and all of those components. So gosh, why not make sure they have something like this dialed in on the sales operation perspective? Because that's, yep. you know, that that's, that's part of, that might be part of the package, even though you are completely responsible as owners, you know, just yep. to be clear, like it's yeah. not up to the franchise or the franchise, or it is up to you. Uh, it, yeah. it is, is, you know, an important thing to look into. So I'm curious. Absolutely. Specific examples of what you did with that. If we could just quickly tie it back to that yoga franchise, what did you do with with her to help her to drive revenue? Yeah, Yeah, absolutely. Solve that problem of closing the gap of members. Absolutely. So what we did is we created various lists to work. We started with the lowest hanging fruit, right? So they had hundreds of people that had come in in the past and tried a week and they'd never been reached out to. So what we did is we created various sales campaigns. We created sales campaigns to bring in the same people that had given us a a try for a week. We invited them back in, but we changed up the experience. So what we really wanted to do is drive engagement with the prospects. What we found is prospects were coming in, they were trying yoga classes, but there was really no connecting. There was really no engagement. And so what we did is we created processes for that new prospect experience. We needed them to fall in love with us so deeply during that one week that at the end of the week, we wouldn't have to even ask them for the business. They would be telling us, okay, what do I need to do to sign up, right? And so we put processes into place for working with what they already had. They already had all these names to work with. And then we also, we put an ad out on Groupon and we put an ad out on Nextdoor and we created processes for those new customers. And so really it's just spending some time and strategizing and coming up with ways on how you can really drive connection. Because I really believe that the more you can connect with your prospects, the more likely they're going to convert and become customers. Because at the end of the day, 
every single one of us has this drive, this need for connection. Mm -hmm. And so whether you're an introvert and an extrovert or an extrovert, it really doesn't matter. The more that you can feel connected to a community and a part of it, the more you're going to want to be a part of it, right? Mm -hmm. So what we did is we created processes to bring people in and to change their experience so that they then wanted to become our members. And then on the back end, we created campaigns to just, we had a lot of customers that were paying, but that were not coming in. And so what eventually happens? So if somebody's not using the facilities after a few months, they end up canceling. And so we created um, word tracks and calling campaigns to reach out to our members that were not engaged to help support, you know, to make sure that they weren't going to be dropping out a few months later. So these are all some of the ways that I was able to uh, really increase the membership experience and the prospect experience so that they could convert and become a customer. Um, and and th this, these are all basic, but it's really important to create a system that's repeatable. So you're not, you know, re trying to reinvent the wheel with every single prospect. Right. And I think, so for some of us thinking of buying a franchise who may not be really comfortable with sales, and we may not have even considered that aspect of it, or maybe we have, but that might have been a, a sticking point. Perhaps this gives some encouragement to those people that, hey, these ladies that, hey, when you walk in, if you go with a brand that does have a good systems in place, I mean, that, that alleviates some pressure, you know, and, and if maybe they can give you some insight into it during the discovery process to help walk you through what it's like. Um, and you know what? How about the other franchisees? When you're going through validation, talk to them about it. Ask them. Absolutely. You know, what, mm -hmm. what Absolutely. From a sales perspective. So remember to ask those questions, not just the profitability. How do you like it? Um, you know, there are a lot of questions we've we've talked about in the past to ask during the validation process. You know, maybe this is one. Oh, I, I would start with sales. How are sales? How quickly were you able to make sales? You know, how easy is the sales process? How often are you being trained on how to upsell? That's another one. You know, like, are you taught? Are you con? You always want to be refining your sales skill set. So it's not like a one and done. You know, so when I, when I would be asking questions from these already franchisees is asking them, you know, from when you started to today, what do your sales look like? You know, where were your sales after your first month, six months, one year? You know, what, what are they bringing you today that they didn't bring you a year ago? So I would have a very sales focus because again, sales is the driving force. So if they're telling you, oh God, they're always bringing in new sales campaigns, they're bringing in sales trainers, sales strategists. They're always giving, we, we have so many different ways to drive revenue and drive business. It's really just, which one do you want to do? Then, you know, then you're in good hands. But if it, someone says, oh, you know, sales is sales and that's, you know, we're, we're always looking for ways to drive sales. Then, then you know that perhaps there's not that much emphasis then. But again, I really want to stress that does not mean that this is not a good match. In this situation, the franchisee brought me in, you know, in some situations I have the franchisor bringing me in and it is a benefit to all because it's a one-to-all model, right? But as a franchisee, you very well can go ahead and 
put dollars into business development and have a tax write-off, but now have actual sales systems and processes in place. And so I would say, you know, don't necessarily think of it as a deal breaker, but just perhaps maybe down the road, uh, really look at that. And, And always, every six months to a year, look at your sales processes and see what's working, what's not working, where do I need some help, and get some experts in who who specialize in sales to help you really make it rain in your organization because everybody wants that. Right, right. Yeah, no, I mean, I think this has been incredibly valuable. Um, Thank you so much for shining a light on just another aspect of business that's so critical. It's just, it's money in your pocket. You you are buying a business to make it rain. So no, this is is fantastic. So appreciate it. Well, Violet. So happy to be on. Yeah, thank you. So there are a couple of questions I like to ask my guests at the end. Okay. What's the best business advice you've ever received? Ooh, am I allowed to swear? <laughs> <laughs> I have to mark it explicit on this, uh, on this particular episode. It's, it's, it. it's not a bad one. Yeah, but um, one of my mentors, and I know she's one of your mentors, Felina Hansen, the best piece of advice that I got, and it took me a while to figure out, is to really learn the art of not giving a shit. Because I think as women, we get, we put so much meaning like on rejection or when things don't go our way that we really allow it to affect us. And we put so much meaning behind it. And and really the best thing that I've learned is when an opportunity, you know, doesn't go the way that I want it to go, or when there's a, a partnership that I am so excited about it, it doesn't work out. I really learned to just look at it like, okay, that's just not a match and not give a shit and just keep going. Uh, and, and I really couldn't do that in the past. And and that really set me up to fail. So I would say the best piece of advice to all women out there is to really learn how to not give a shit. I love it. I love it. I'm going to write that on a sticky <laughs> note. Just put it right on right? my computer so I can see it every and with Felina's picture. See it every single day. Yes. <laughs> Channel our inner Felina. <laughs> Works every time. All right. So what advice... Would you, I mean, you've given a lot of advice to women, but right in, in this episode, but what would you, what specific advice would you give to another woman considering joining or buying a franchise? My advice would be to fall in love with the sales process and get super <laughs> excited about sales because the more positive energy you can put on that aspect of your business, the more it's going to pay off for you. Nothing is more important than sales in an organization. No sales, no business. So get really good, really comfortable, really excited about sales and constantly finding new ways to sell, sell better and connect and add value and serve your customers. Yeah. And something tells me that there could be a whole other episode and course on that, on falling in love with sales for so many of us who think, yeah, sales is yucky. (laughs) Exactly. Exactly. Um, yeah. Cause that's just the story in our head, right? It's not true. Right. It's just what we've believed to be true. Yeah. Which is another brilliant thing that you've taught me in the past. Yeah. So Violet, where can people find you on the interwebs, wherever, if they want to figure out how they can yeah. make it rain or, you know, Connect really with what, me. what questions they should ask? Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. So my website is www.rainmakerway.com. And from there, I'm always giving strategy calls, complimentary strategy calls. So uh, they could email me, they could call me, set up a time to chat with me. 
and see if their organization is ready. You know, my one requirement is I want to work with companies that have a growth focus, you know, so that's my one requirement. If you have a growth focus and you are ready to make it rain, then you can find me at www.rainmakerway.com. I think that uh, requirement's reasonable. Right? (laughs) You'd be surprised. Not all companies have a growth focus, and that's what I learned the hard way. So it is a basic requirement. Yeah, right. I love it. All right, everyone. Well, Violet, thank you so much. That was fantastic. Hey, everyone, if you have any questions, send them Violet's way. Send them our way. You can reach me at Aaron at FranchiseRising.com. Subscribe to the show if you like what you heard. You can find us all over social media with Franchise Rising. Pretty easy to uh, remember that one. And uh, have a wonderful day. Thank you. Yeah. On next week's episode, we'll talk with Michelle Lewis and Sarah Mooser, the owners of a Fit for Mom franchise, who originally met as moms with young kids and clients of Fit for Mom. And they ended up buying the Fit for Mom franchise together. You're not going to want to miss this episode because Michelle and Sarah are so honest about this journey, the challenges, the successes, the discoveries that they've made, and everything in between. So we hope to see you back next week. And until then, have a great day. I know that time is one of the precious things you don't get back. And I really appreciate you taking your time to listen to the Franchise Rising podcast. If you like what you heard, please leave us a review on iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, or wherever you're listening to the show. If you'd like to hear more, hit subscribe, or if you don't know how to subscribe, just go to franchiserising.com slash subscribe, and we'll guide you to the right place there. Until next time, have a great week.